You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 67. Yeah, hello, my gruesome addicts. Thanks for joining us for another episode. You ready for this crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy just episode? Yeah, straight at you because I'm ready. Okay. Buckle up because this is wild. Okay. Rory Chantel Hachet was born July 1st, 1999 in Ontario, Canada to parents Shannon Dion and Eric Hachet. Not much is known about her life, but I did read she did join the Army Cadets at age 13. But shortly after that, when she went into high school, things kind of took a turn in her life. Someone at her school had given her crystal meth, and she kind of became, like, addicted to it. Her mother, Shannon, turned to Children's Aid Society, but kind of no help there. And so her family began to worry about her and her addiction. But by the time she was 17 years old, Rory started to get her life back together. She had a job. She was living in an apartment. She was, you know, taking good care of herself. While she was getting her life together, she felt, you know, she might be pregnant. So she called up her aunt and the two of them went to get a pregnancy test. And sure enough, she was pregnant with her boyfriend, Tony's baby. Shortly after, Rory was having some sort of like mental episode. So she she went to the emergency room. So her friend and her friend's mother brought her in. And there's actually footage, like CCT footage of them walking in. CCTV. Yes, your favorite. And then, uh, you know, they're sitting down in the waiting room. But for some reason, her friend and her friend's mom just decide to leave her there. Maybe they're like, you know, you can just handle it yourself. You're an adult. (laughs) So you see, you know, her friend and her friend's mom walk out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And no, you know, in no way am I saying anything bad towards that because they had no idea what was potentially to come, right? So Roy sat there for about 15 minutes before she actually decided to leave without seeing any healthcare professionals. This was August 29th, 2017, the last time anyone had seen Rory alive. It wasn't until September 11th, 2017, that a fisherman and his grandson came across a human torso while they were fishing at the Oshawa Harbor. So they called police, obviously. Can you imagine? That'd be so terrifying. Yeah, I couldn't stomach it. Oh my God, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, who was it, right? What happened? <laughs> You're just, like, so proud of that joke right now, aren't you? You're a dork. So, the autopsy came back inconclusive, but it did. they did rule it as a homicide because of obvious signs of trauma. Just two months later, they did identify the torso to belong to 18-year-old Roy Hache in November of that same year. So, I just had to add this clip. It's extremely sad, but sometimes I do these cases, these stories, you know, and it's like... Sometimes, you know, we're just like telling these stories and it's just like, all right, now on to the next. You know, it's like yeah. sometimes I I sit there and I see these like clips of like parents just crying, like not knowing what happened to their daughter or son or whatever family member. And it's just like, I don't know, I just want to add this in there to show that there's an actual mother behind this horrifying thing that they just found, you know, like her body and everything. So um, Here's a, cl- a really sad clip of Rory's mom, Shannon, talking about her daughter's disappearance. It's about five minutes long, but it's just good to know about her daughter and what she, f- you know, how they found her daughter in the harbor. This is before knowing really anything much more beyond that. So here's that clip. 
So it got uh, teenagers started to roll around, and that's when Roy started to get a little bit more free time on her hands. And uh, I went back to work around that time. I was working for a restoration company through uh, her her grandparents' family, and um, that's when I started losing a little bit of grip with. Um, you know, my, my girl, because her dad and I had separated already, and um, I was working 12-hour days, 10-hour days, and uh, Lori was left, unfortunately, to make a lot of uh, decisions on her own at uh, 14 years old, 13, 14, eh? And um, she was always a mature kid, so that was already a bonus, because she was already a very well-spoken young lady. She knew what she wanted, and um, she knew what she wanted, and not, nothing would stand in the way of, of her getting it. But that was our, that was our mother-daughter escape. We were getting the ugliest bus we could find, and we were going to make it home and uh, spend one year together before she would go off to college and, you know, start her own life as a, as a young woman, right? Rory was an intelligent young lady to the point where I fell out of conversation with her probably two years ago on a level because um, she was so advanced uh, with um, physics and um, just things that nobody thinks about. Um, it, it was stuff like, um, you know, molecules and atoms and just stuff you don't talk about every day. I knew the time was coming where I was going to have to let her go, you know, and... Uh, the things parents think of in desperation of spending one more minute with their kid. You know, that's where we were at. Um, dancing was a passion of Rory's. Um, rapping was a passion of Rory's, but um, she loved her animals and she loved her family. And um, she had big plans. She had big plans in life. And Rory left, oh, the first, first week of, um, first week of high school. I feel that was the beginning of the end for us. I fell into the wrong crowd and uh, started coming home with a different attitude, a different self-pride about herself. Like it, everything was just different within the first month. It was very noticeable. I have no idea who would have wanted to hurt her because she was so good to everybody, even after. Even after some of the closest people to her mutilated her soul at 14, she still pushed forward. And she was good and she didn't hold anything over anyone's head. And uh, if she had an apple, she would split it five ways if there was four people in the room, you know? Rory, through uh, experimenting with uh, some substances, definitely became an even more changed person. And um, that's when I really, really started to struggle with keeping my hands on her, her heart, who she is. Because um, she was starting to be riddled with shame and guilt for things that other people had done to her. But she never brought any trouble back their way. So. I don't know if this is somebody that she's wronged. I don't, I don't know if the person responsible is just a sick, sick son of a bitch. Do this to my child. But this is a, an act of hate. Like, I've never even heard of child molesters go through such torturing. I'll never forget out of 250 children in that auditorium, my girl, my girl was picked for uh, the top award, and that just made me the most proudest mom in the world. 
She's amazing. Everything she touches, she turns to gold. Because <laughs> that's just who she was. She was brilliant. Lori was brilliant. Lori was the best part of me. <laughs> God have mercy on your soul. If I could ask the person responsible for, for doing this to my daughter one question, it would be, where is the rest of my daughter? Where is the rest of my daughter? Why did you do this to her? And I want to know why. I want to know why. I want to know why. Oh, my gosh. I'm not ready to say goodbye to my girl. I haven't had enough time with my daughter. I'm not ready for this. So it's just, I don't know, it's really heartbreaking hearing her mother talking about, you know, her upbringing and, and where she's going right now and not knowing what happened to her daughter, right? Still trying to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, definitely so. got to be the worst thing, not knowing. Right, seriously, yeah. But thankfully, more answers came sooner than later. So plumbers were called to the address of 19 McMillan Drive to snake the drains as they were, like, extremely clogged up. Like, to the point everyone's toilets and bathtubs were just, like, backing up in this house. Pretty gross, right? So this is... I don't know know. what's to come. I know. So this is when a couple of plumbers come across some stuff that was questionable. So, like, you know, plumbers were called to the house, right? So they're there trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So a couple of plumbers come across some stuff that was questionable to them as it was taking, like, hours and hours to clean these, like, drains, to clear them, pretty much. So they called their boss to tell him, like, what they were discovering. And in turn, he told them, like, call authorities. Like, this is weird. Never yeah. seen this in my life, right? So we're going to listen to that 911 call that this plumber made. Okay. Communications. Hi there. How are you? Good. You? Good, thanks. Um, just a, I'm a plumber, and I'm on site for at, uh, a job. And we got, uh, we're, we're snaking a drain. And we were, uh, we've been pulling back, uh, we probably pulled back about 10 pounds, 15 pounds of like, it looks like flesh type of stuff, meat. And we started to snake and we've been working at it for like three, four hours now, right? Oh, okay. And we, we can't get it clear, but we keep pulling back chunks of, you know, whatever the hell it is. Okay, so it's like, it's kind of gross, right? Kind of gross. Some of them are like, no, talking about like it's, this, it's not. <laughs> like 10, 15 pounds of like, like this meat, like kind of stuff and like, and at one point, I think they said it was like, I don't know, 13 to 15 inches, like something long, like really long that they were pulling out of these drains. Stop looking at me like that. It just sounds, this is gross. I'm picturing it. I have I a know. very vivid imagination of it. Right? So know? they're like, they've never seen this shit before. Like, everyone's like, what the hell is this? Right? And how he was saying it was like three, four hours, something crazy like that, right? Like, he was going at this for hours. So this is the background leading up to that 911 call. A man by the name of Adam Strong, who was 45 years old at this time, was living at the house alone. It was kind of like, his, he had his own apartment though, like in the basement while there were tenants living upstairs in the main like house. Uh-huh. Adam had been living there for like 10 years at this point. And, but the place was like an absolute fucking disaster and it smelled like shit. I kind of like picture Pazuzu's living conditions. Oh, yeah, if you don't know that, that case, we covered it in episode 15. Just like messy, smelly, cigarette butts just everywhere. I'm, le- I'm picturing less piss and shit <laughs> maybe in the house, obviously. But just like a disaster. Like yeah. he did not keep this place clean. But one day Adam notices his drain is backing up. So, you know, he informs the other tenants not to call plumbers that he would just handle it himself. 
So he snaked them as much as possible. Like he even went so far as to remove his own toilet in order to like clear these pipes because he may have shoved something down his own toilet, but nothing was working at all. So by December 29th, 2017, at around 7.30 p.m., this is where a couple of plumbers were called by the tenants living above him because everything was getting really bad and smelly. Like you heard in this call, like it was just like this flesh like substance coming out of the drains. And obviously that wasn't normal to them. They even noticed how like the plumbers came and they noticed how Adam was acting like they saw like he was kind of nervous and he like kind of was like pacing back and forth throughout the house. So they thought that was kind of weird, too. Police show up to the house and they started talking to the couple, you know, in that main in the main house upstairs. And once they mentioned Adam, you know, downstairs, police went and they knocked on his door. That's when police started looking around and then asked Adam, what are you putting down the drain? And Adam puts his head down and responds, quote, you got me. The jig is up. It's a body. Unquote. Uh, Just straight a up. body down says the drain. That. This is going to get nasty. Yeah, exactly. So I as feel, he was, I'm, feel, I'm feeling sick. I know, I know, it's fucking horrible. It's absolutely horrible. This guy is disgusting. It took 67 episodes to throw up on the I podcast. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy. I'm feeling it. Oh my god, yeah, it's pretty gross. So he says, <laughs> as he was being arrested, he said to the officer, "Quote: If you want the rest of her, she's in my freezer, and she's pretty defleshed." Unquote. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes, I know this guy. Just wait till you see a fucking picture of this nasty fuck. There was, in fact, someone in that freezer, like he had said. And Rory actually had a tattoo on her, on her neck that said alive. And when one of the like detectives opened the freezer, the head in the freezer, duh, it said um, he saw the word alive on the neck and he like immediately knew that it was Rory. So this they, is like some sort of like deep freezer. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's like not. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, exactly. obviously her I, torso is down somewhere else, yeah. but yeah. So they charged Adam with indignity to a body, and detectives only had 24 hours to interview Adam before his bail hearing. Before after they would like have to get a court order yeah. in order to talk to him again, right? So that interrogation went absolutely fucking nowhere for like four hours <laughs> and it's funny in the beginning he asked he like asked the officers if things like this take like hours and they're like yeah and he was just like you could tell he was rubbing he's like fuck like you know but like nothing came out of that and like interrogation so obviously disappointing and they only had that limited time so they were like fuck like what are we gonna do now right so they went back to his apartment and police even stated that it was one of the worst places that they had seen with like small little pathways with like garbage sex toys all over the place <laughs> one thing I'm trying to fucking find that I kept hearing in these things that I was like reading and watching and stuff is that like he went on like this porn website and he actually gave it like a review. <laughs> I can't <laughs> figure out what the hell he left a review. <laughs> Google leaves a review. Just kind of explains the man right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, wild. So they found Rory's DNA and her running shoes in a bag with blood on them. They found a bent hammer and a knife that it was made to like you. I was thinking, I kept thinking about you. <laughs> Thanks. Not no way, but like it cool. was this knife that's <laughs> made to skin animals that like hunters use. Like it's kind of like has like that little like 
you know, like those little cutter parts and you like you can cut stuff. And yeah. It's like made for like, for like, I'm assuming like animal skin or something yes. like that. Yeah. So he had one of those in his apartment. And um, that knife had tissue like material on it. So they sent it in for analysis. But the DNA didn't come back belonging to Rory. It came back to another female. The DNA belonged to Candace Fitzpatrick, a 19-year-old woman who had gone missing in 2008. So like Rory, Candace was living on her own, out of her parents' house, and kind of, it's so eerie. They look almost like the same. Not, you know, they have, they're very young. They were almost close in age. They both had, like, long, like, brown hair. And it's just, like, kind of eerie because, like, a lot of, you know, serial killers, sometimes you kind of see, like, they kind of resemble, like, the victims kind of resemble, like, the killer almost goes for, like, the same yeah. type of, like, victim, I guess. I don't know. Kind of weird. But Candace was last seen... Like heading to the mall, but she was actually not reported missing until two years later. Because like her parents didn't really like, maybe they didn't talk so much or whatever, but they just didn't really think she was missing, right? So finally they were like, oh shit, like we need to report her missing. So the hammer and knife were believed to be the murder weapons. Thursday, November 8th, 2018, 11 months after Adam's first interrogation, he sits down for a second interrogation. They actually got him to sit down for one. So by this time, Adam is facing two first-degree murder charges. And this is that interrogation, the second one. Mind you, he wants to make sure, like this interrogator, wants to make sure that Adam's like comfortable so that way Adam will talk. <laughs> like he gets some like McDonald's and stuff like that and they like kind of shoot the shit for an hour and a half and then the officer kind of is like, all right, we need to get into like what happened. So he'll like start talking, you know. So this went on for 12 hours and 45 minutes, by the way. So here's the 12-hour clip of that. No, I'm just kidding. Here's like a little clip of uh, that interrogation of Adam Strong, this disgusting fuck. Going back to December when this all started to surface for you, body parts found uh, in your freezer and um, the things in the drain. She took up a lot of room in my freezer, yes. I'm a real bad procrastinator. And that is really a detriment to myself. Definitely me over. And sorry to sound so no, no. a matter of fact and cold, but that's exactly what it was. Just, I know I gotta do this, but... Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Like, there was like a month where there was nobody upstairs. And I'm like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. It's not exactly something that uh, oh, one right. would look forward to. It was vacant, wasn't it? Yeah, it's right. not something that I was like looking forward to doing. Yeah. And was that the method you knew you were going to do? Yeah. And what were you going to do with the bone? Um, I would have pissed it out in the lake. Okay. On a nice windy... Winds from the... set from the north? Nope. From... coming from the west. If we look at the two girls that we're aware of, that you've been charged with... Yeah, um... Candace Patrick, is that right? That's right. Okay. That's right. How did you meet Candace? I'm you know what? So long ago, I have no idea. When you first met her, and had she been to your place before, and all those things, and, and um, well, you have video from the uh, the roller rink. Oh, they've checked everything. To my knowledge, there's no video from the roller rink. Let's put that out there. I, I, like I said, I won't. Bull Wow. There will never be a video of her coming without her leaving. Every time she came to my house, she left my house. Under her own power. Okay, okay. 
and relaxed about it all right exactly like it was nothing for sure yeah yeah he's like yeah just i'm a procrastinator yeah they're just it's you like know. it's not fucking homework or like <laughs> yeah, exactly. cleaning your fucking house yeah exactly he's like there's just a dead body in there i'll just wait until tomorrow no one's hey, upstairs i'll get to it the next day yeah yeah and then just like how he's so like he knows like which the way the wind's gonna go and like i guess he had like a boat or something that's how he probably threw like where he's like torso like out in the lake or whatever but like it's just like yeah you're right he's all like calmly just talking about it it's just like oh god i just fucking hate this guy he's just so disgusting he just looks so gross he's just like you know like, i have a question yes <laughs> and i don't know if you're gonna get to this if i'm ruining anything but they found the torso wasn't she pregnant Suppose, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if she had actually gone to the doctor, but, like, from what they were saying, she went with her aunt and everything, and yeah. she thought she was pregnant, but, yeah. Yeah, so true. are you going to, do you know I, what that, happens no, with that, I, all that? That's a very There's good no, question. Okay, I'm that's sitting there thinking, they found the torso, is it a pregnant torso? Is it no. fucking, I don't even know how long, the womb in there, I, yeah, no. what the, f I, I have so many questions about this. I do have they no ever? Idea. Maybe she wasn't, I don't know, if that, they said, you know, from what I was reading, a lot of people say that, like, yeah, she, you know. I don't know if it was actually confirmed that she went to the doctor and everything like that, but that's a very good question. I didn't even think about that. That's pretty wild. So you're saying I'm that's never going to find out the answer to my question. No, unfortunately, no. So turn off this I podcast right now <laughs> until episode 68, guys. Um, 
damn, that's a good question. Yeah, maybe she what? Maybe like she went there. I don't know. Maybe something happened. I, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't tell because of the way her torso. Was. I, I, have I don't no, want a maybe. You can't tell me a no maybe idea. of anything. It's like <laughs> a very good I want question. some facts. Here, I have people. never. I haven't read anything. I haven't heard anything. Huh. Anything Weird. like that's a very okay. good question. All right. Well. Go ahead and continue where you were at. Podcast is ruined. <laughs> I thought, you know what the, I thought was crazy was Candace's, she'd been missing for nine, almost 10 years at that point, And they found blood, her DNA on that thing after well, so long. Well, it's not long. that crazy. He's a procrastinator. So well, it took sure. a while to get around to cleaning it. <laughs> Fuck, that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Totally true. So Adam Strong was convicted on Friday, March 16th, 2021, of first-degree murder of Rory Hache and manslaughter of Candace Fitzpatrick, despite Candace's body ever being found. Investigators believe that without the second interrogation, he potentially could have walked free from all of it. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for 25 years. Judge Joseph D. Luca stated, quote, The sentence I imposed today can never undo the harm that Adam Strong has caused. It can never erase the horrors that the family members of the victims have endured. It can never change the final moments of Miss Hache's and Miss Fitzpatrick's life, and it cannot bring them back. The sentence I impose will likely ensure that he will never get out of prison, unquote. Roy Hache's mom stated, quote, she wants her daughter to be remembered as a powerful, smart, beautiful girl. She loved her friends. She loved the elderly and animals, and we miss her because she was the light of our family. That was our center point, unquote. Adam Strong did disclose information about Candace Fitzpatrick's whereabouts to correctional staff while incarcerated. 14 years after she went missing, police confirmed that the remains were those of Candace Fitzpatrick. Mm. So they ended up, he ended up coming forward pretty crazy after that long, finding some remains of her. So, you know, the family had some kind of closure to that. But yeah, pretty crazy how one murder led to finding, you know, DNA of another. Yeah little they were only 18 19 i believe so it's really sad but that's the case of adam strong a fucking truly piece of trash on this earth i think he's still alive but i don't know just fucking horrifying he's so disgusting and gross and i just hate this case and disgusting but until next monday guys stay safe and be aware peace